Stack show today, too. So, we're not even gonna idle in the open here. It's gonna go straight into what's on deck because all of these guests I really want to talk to. For example, on the show, we're going to be talking about the Highway to Hope Benefit concert. We'll learn all about that from country musician Lindsay Lawler and St. Christopher Trucker Relief Fund Shannon Courier. Why does it seem like trains keep hitting trucks or derailing all over the place? We're gonna not have speculation, we're not gonna use social media, we're gonna talk to a real expert and we're gonna get the information on what you need to know as a driver. To keep yourself safe from Operation Lifesavers, Rachel Mella. CVSA Road Check is coming up. So I got JJ Keller's Rick Malchuk coming up. He's going to get us up to speed on everything that we need to know. And we're going to meet a trucker who is stranded by his carrier over Easter weekend. Super Russell tells us how he got the news, how he used Tier. Tier is a great organization to get himself and his team driver, who happens to be his father, out of this really bad situation. And also, you got a big load. Who are you going to call? Bow Line Logistics. Tyler Boyd is here to talk about the route planning and the logistics that go into heavy hauls. So let's tip the band and we'll get right into it. Your customers and investors want to know that your company is serious about sustainability. Show them the depth of your commitment when you rely on AIT Worldwide Logistics for your freight forwarding needs. From Scope 3 carbon footprint reporting to calculating emissions at the transaction level, Partnering with AIT sends a clear message to stakeholders. You mean business when it comes to sustainability. Learn more at AITWorldwide.com. But you know what? Right now, it's my pleasure to introduce musician Lindsay Lawler and Shannon Courier from St. Christopher's Truckers Relief Fund. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on What the Truck today. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Nooner with Dooner. I got, I, Lindsay, I got I to gotta say, if we're rating backgrounds right now, you're crushing Shannon. Where are you sitting? I love the location. So I am at Me? my um, event space in Nashville. It's called the Nashville Music Loft. If you look over here, we've got the whole stage and band set up. And it's a, a private event space and vacation rental in downtown Nashville. Come very, see very cool. And Lindsay, for those who may have not had the pleasure of ever hearing your music before, what's a brief intro on you? Well, I'm I'm from Texas by way of way of Oklahoma. I've been in Nashville set almost 17 years now. But I uh, I played a truck show, the Great American Truck Show back in Dallas. I want to say 12, 13 years ago, and I was just kind of in the back playing in front of the uh, by the bathroom singing "Itsy Bitsy Spider" for some truck drivers, <laughs> and, and uh, it was a highlight, a career highlight. Actually, it probably was because it led to me really getting involved in the trucking industry and starting to write truck songs for drivers. And we started doing a high, a, a high angel truck stop tour. I became a spokesperson in trucking. So, but what I, I'm proud to sit here in this moment and say is that I'm a country singer. I've sang, I've gone off and done so many different things, but I'm working on a, a very country, country Texas record that comes out this summer and um the first time i'm playing it live with a full band is going to be at this event that we're here to talk about today so very excited well, congratulations congratulations to the new album and playing at the event shannon courier st christopher's truckers relief fund you've been on many times but just in case someone doesn't know what does your amazing organization do oh gosh let me give the short spiel so when a truck driver has an injury or illness that takes him off the road 
Uh, they can't pay necessity household expenses. We step in and pay those expenses for them. We do not pay medical bills. Let me just throw that out there. Everybody thinks we do because we're medical related injury stuff. We do not. We're going to be a safety net for drivers, make sure they're not losing everything they have. We're going to pay their rent or mortgage, their utility bills, their vehicle payments, their insurance payments directly to the bill holders, not to the driver. Uh, 501c3, 100% donation based. We also have free health and wellness programs for drivers, smoking cessation, diabetes prevention, and we just launched uh, prostate cancer screenings as well. And how we operate is on donations and this upcoming event, Highway to Hope, is one of our benefit concert fundraisers for the year. So we're super excited about that. And I can't wait to hear Lindsay perform. It's been a while since I've heard her sing. Well, it's April 22nd in Knoxville, Tennessee, if I understand, at the Cotton Eye Joe. Lindsay, a number of amazing performers are going to descend upon that location. Tell us about the event. How did this all come together? Yeah, well, this is going to be fun. I got to do actually the the first the first Highway Hope that I was involved with, and it was with Winona out at her um, farm, and we did it was during COVID, so we did it from the studio. It was virtual, and it was really neat to be a part of. I mean, I've gotten to work with St. Christopher Fund for so many years, and with Shannon, and I I've seen firsthand how it helps drivers. Um, you know, there, I I don't like to work with organizations unless I I know exactly what's happening and where contributions are going. And I, I've gotten to really learn about this program. So this night's going to be fun. Levi Hummin is, is a friend of mine. I'm very good friends with his father, who's a Grammy award winning songwriter, uh, Marcus Hummin, who wrote God bless the broken road and cowboy take me away, et cetera, et cetera. So Marcus and I've worked together for years and I've gotten to watch Levi grow up. I'm a couple years older than Levi. <laughs> um, so, but this will be fun. He's got, he, he'll bring all the uh, college cuties out and I'll uh, two-step with all the old men. So we're, we're creating a hashtag ballot. <laughs> I like a very diverse audience. So Shannon, who is coming to this? Uh, uh, we just saw the flyer, but for the audio listeners, who are we bringing? We know we got Lindsay. I, I saw Dave Nemo with the guitar. I didn't even know he played guitar. Oh my gosh, yes. Dave's in a band. So he's he's going to be do a little, little sit-in with Lindsay there. You know, it's not his full-time gig or anything like that, but he does play guitar. He plays drums. So he is very familiar with playing in a band. So he's going to be joining us. The Nemo crew will be there. Jimmy Mack and Donna Horton and Summer and Haley, the whole crew will be there. And uh, they're actually going to be doing some recorded interviews from the event as well. We're going to have drivers there. We'll have some of our board members there, our staff. We're going to be honoring uh, one of our founders, Dr. John McGilligot. He's there local in Knoxville. And uh, he and Dave Nemo will both be there. So we'll be doing some presentations there as well, along with some food and some drinks and some dancing and some some great music. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have drivers there, our driver council members there, some executives from the industry. Some of our board members will be there. So it's going to be a, a wide range of people and then local Knoxville people, too. We want to bring out all the young folks and you know, all of the ticket sales are being donated back to St. Christopher Fund from Cotton Eye Joe. Um, very generous of Cotton Eye Joe, but uh, Chuck Ward loves truck drivers. The The DJ booth in Cotton Eye Joe is a semi-truck, so he's very much uh, sees the importance of this industry and wanted to do this with us. So he's donating his facility and donating all ticket sales back to us. Now, Lindsay, do you have Chattanooga roots? Because I was watching the Highway Angel video and it looks like it was shot right here in Chattanooga. It's not. It's actually shot here in Nashville. Ah. Um, there's a cafe, a bridge here not too far away is where we shot that video. 
And yep, there's a, there's a clip from the video right now. Um, and yeah, we shot that a few years ago and we used, it was really neat. We used actual, uh, we used actual truck drivers for that. We did sort of a, a shout out to everybody on social media and said, if you're a truck driver, you want to be involved in this video. So several got involved and it was, that was a really special thing to do. And one thing I want to note about this event that's, that's so cool. And I have to give kudos to Shannon, um, because, she, Javi and I, I've always said within this industry, we know within trucking how great drivers are. It's getting the word out to the to the people outside of trucking that is so important. And so to be on a Saturday night in Knoxville, like booming at the club, bringing outsiders of trucking in to hear our message snuck in sexily through, you know, through through a fun party evening and music and celebration, I think is really cool. So this is going to be a really special event. Lindsay, you don't happen to have a guitar with you, do you? Um, I have a lot, but I have these ridiculous nails on right now. Uh, I and, see. <laughs> and so, but a uh, highway angel. We will we'll we'll get a snippet of that in that evening. Highway <laughs> angel. I don't know if it was on key, but I gave I gave it my best. And you and you know what? And that's all that matters. Well, I'll tell you guys something. So before I got into logistics industry, my first job out of college was in the music industry. I worked for an independent record label out in Southern California, out in Hollywood. And um, I don't think people realize the logistics in in music, in entertainment, is as intense as like perishable air freight or, or anything else. Everything has street dates. Every event has times. You're talking about not just getting records and, and digital albums out at the right time, but also getting people at shows at the right time with their equipment. But Lindsay, how did you get this interest in like trucking or in logistics? Honestly, it was my father's an attorney and has done work in trucking for a while. So I've known a lot of both drivers and company side. And what I realized when I was started, I so through a family friend played at the Great American Truck Show. And then I just started talking to drivers more and more, listening to their stories and realizing actually how connected musicians on the road are and similar to truck drivers on the road. We're all, you know, combating similar things of you know, being away from our family and friends, having to leave to go make e- to make your living, trying to stay healthy, trying to stay connected. And um, I just saw the the synergy in our lifestyles. And so I started writing songs that kind of became that if you're a driver, you get it, but you also don't have to be a truck driver to understand the song or to connect with it. And that was to me how I saw, saw kind of starting to bridge the gap between trucking and and the the rest of the world and i've had so many drivers come up and say to me thank you for realizing that we know and like other things besides just trucks and trying to make that connection so um several of my songs have that have that vibe about it where it's like for your driver if you know you know but if not you can really just feel the pull of real stories and that's oh that man was so sweet we went out to his farm i love that video he and his wife and their dogs were adorable um yeah, so I just love, and I mean, with this new album I'm working on right now, it's not necessarily trucking related, but because I'm a human and drivers are human, there will be connectivity there. And I am just singing my truth now. The older I get, the real, the more I realize I've just got to tell my own personal story, and that's the only way I can authentically stand up. So that's what I'm doing. There's going to be some 
some maybe shocking truth moments on this record <laughs> for my family, but it's fine. It's fine. It's part of all part of the art. If it doesn't embarrass you a little bit, you're not doing it right. <laughs> we, and I was curious about something. So when I worked for record label, we did a lot of goth and punk music. So getting in hot topic was huge. And this was like, just when hot topic started to distribute music. Now you make music that a lot of truckers might like, and you do distribution through truck stops. Don't you tell, how does that work out? I, I'm so curious about distributing a record through truck stops. Yeah. My last album, which was called two peaches, six cookies, we kind of, I've, I just got sort of creative. Honestly, trucking label has kind of, trucking in the tr trucking industry has kind of become a record label that I don't have to recoup on because it's a lot of it's <laughs> been marketing dollars and cross promotion. So it's been like kind of my NASCAR platform, so to speak. So um, we really arranged it around. We had a truck stop tour, coupled it with a trucking, with an album that we released in the truck stops and did that deal with TA Petro, which was which was really awesome. And then we would just kind of move around the country performing at these truck stops. So you could come outside, have a free concert for drivers, and then they could go inside and buy the album. And, um, you know, the, like Cracker Barrel's done that, a lot of different things, restaurants and such where you can find Hallmark, where you can find artist stuff within it. Um, I mean, it couldn't have, nothing could have made more sense than, than putting those two together. So hopefully that will happen with the new record as well. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a, a partnership that I, I just believe in. I love truck drivers and I've always sort of had the, what I call such a, a, a gift that I can talk with the driver and talk with the CEO and always I'll be on the same level. And I just hope to kind of keep forging those, those relationships and hopefully now do that, take that outside, kind of bringing the, the, the good message of trucking to people outside of trucking. Amen. Well, Shannon, uh, guys in the back, can you show that flyer one more time? And Shannon, tell us everything we need to know about getting tickets and getting over to this event. Yeah, so it's Saturday night, April 22nd. Um, tickets can be purchased on our website or you can go to the Cotton Eye Joe website. We have two different tickets available, which we'd love everybody to purchase the VIP ticket. Uh, that's going to be the, the smaller, more intimate session from 4.30 to 6 in the afternoon. Those tickets are $99, but we're going to feed you. We're going to give you some drinks. You're going to have some music with Lindsay and Dave's going to be there in the Nemo team. And then at six o'clock, the doors to the venue will open to anybody. So all of the people that would normally come to the club in Knoxville will be coming. And uh, those tickets are a separate ticket. 20, those are $20, 25 at the door. You don't get any of the perks that go with that. So you want the VIP ticket. You want to come and do this smaller, intimate part of the event and then stay through the whole evening. It's going to be a great evening. I've you know, heard a snippet of one of the songs that's on Lindsay's new album. I'm just going to tell you, it's amazing. Levi's music. If you haven't listened to it, I've been out there listening to that. There's, there's, you know, little TikTok dances to it. So all you young folks get those dances learned and come on out and join us. We're going to have a great time. Now, ladies, before I let you go, there's a brand new product on the market and I'm getting everyone who touches the freight industry's opinions today on the show. Take a look at this bagel right here. It's got cream cheese infused in the middle. And I was curious if you think this is a good idea or a bad idea. Wonderful idea. If they could put more I of that like cream it. cheese in there, I'd take it. <laughs> what about you, Shannon? I love it. I think it's a great idea because I always use cream cheese on my bagels and now I don't have the mess. It's just already in there. I guess, yeah, that would work well for oh, truckers. Oh, you like to toast my bagels. I wonder if you can I know, that, toast them with them. That's my issue with this. So it looks great at first, but then if you think about it, you, you have to throw that in like a toaster oven. You couldn't put it in a regular toaster unless you have like a industrial-sized one. And then it's it's not going to be toasted in the middle. Like it would just be gooey cream cheese maybe. 
All right, now it's about mm-hmm. a, a good idea. Just became bad. Dang it! Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to. I'd be willing to give it a shot to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies, thank you so much for your time today. Go look up Lindsay Lawler's music on Spotify or the, the next rest stop you're at or wherever you get your music from, and go and see them at the Highway to Hope concert. Ladies, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks, this Dana. was fun. Take care and come back anytime. Really good stuff. All right. Meanwhile. This is when you know you've ended up on the wrong street. There's a dog here. And there's just way too many cats to contend with. He makes the right move, and he, he turns and turns tail. I bet Rick wouldn't, though. Rick Malchow, he's brave. He's an editor over at J.J. Keller and Associates, and he's here today on What the Truck. Rick, it's been too long. How you been? Oh, I can't hear him. Can we? Um, yeah, Rick, it, I think you might be me. muted. It's me. There we go. So... I'm doing outstanding. Uh, thanks so much. And, uh, you know, it's uh, always a pleasure to uh, to talk to you and your audience. And, you know, we're going to be talking about everything uh, road check today. So uh, that should be uh, fun. And, you know, you just got done talking about uh, Highway to Hope. And I guess the, uh, the segue here, if there <laughs> is any, uh, would be, well, I hope my road check uh, goes well uh, inspections uh, this year, right? Can you can you carry a tune, Rick? I cannot. You know, you did pretty well, though. Uh, I, I, I thought you did outstanding in, in your uh, little uh, short like, ballad or whatever that uh, that was. And I'm with you. I had no idea uh, that Nemo played uh, guitar. So yeah, who knows? Uh, that's, that's something why new for everybody. That's why I like to ask people. It's always good to find out, like, what other talents people have in this industry. But one of the talents you're going to need is knowing what's happening on this year's road check. And part of knowing that is knowing what the topics are. What are the topics of this? What are they focusing in on? Yeah, so they're really honing in this year on anti-lock braking systems, those ABS uh, systems, and also cargo securement. And so you might ask, well, why? You know, what's with uh, ABS and uh, cargo securement? Well, every single year, the top violations, if you look at the seven basics, you know, fall within... Uh, the uh, vehicle maintenance uh, area. As a matter of fact, there was over 3 million violations uh, last year, you know, in that uh, basic during roadside uh, inspections. And about a million of those uh, were brake or load securement uh, violations. And so, yeah, that was just uh, huge. And about uh, a quarter of the time, those resulted in out of service. And also about uh, a little over 750,000 of the uh, of those violations uh, were brake related, twenty six percent out out of service, uh, ninety six thousand ABS uh, violations, and then of course uh, a major area as well are those cargo securement violations. So, how do you define a successful inspection? What's my baseline? Well, I, I guess the baseline. The, is no violations at all, right? You have a a clean inspection, which really kind of brings me to, well, you need a clean inspection because that uh, affects your, you know, CSA measures uh, within all of the basics. And uh, that's how the scoring system works. You know, for the first six months for a, a carrier, a clean inspection is worth three clean inspections. And so, you make if they, an inspection is done, make sure the inspector gives you that inspection uh, reports. And then also, you know, as far as successful uh, inspection systems go, make sure that you're tracking and trending the data. It's it's great to be prepared for uh, road check, 
But the fact of the matter is there's roadside inspections going on all the time. And so you really need to make sure uh, that you know where you're at at any given uh, moment. So what are the driver's responsibilities during this week? Well, you know, one thing that uh, is always a concern uh, for drivers is, are they doing their pre-trip inspections and are they doing effective pre-trip inspections? Are they looking at, uh, you know, everything that they're required to, to look at uh, in, the, in, in the regulations? Are they doing their in-route uh, inspections? Are they completing their DVIRs? Are there hours of service, uh, you know, requirements uh, in order, making sure they don't have any uh, violations? You know, it's always a surprise to me how many drivers pull into a roadside inspection and you know don't have their uh, driver's license uh, with them, or if they're a non-CDL driver, don't have their med card, uh, you know, with them. And then, of course, it's really critical for drivers to have the the right attitude. Hey, look, uh, inspectors are human beings too, uh, and so if you treat them well and they're just doing uh, their job, the chance of you coming out with a, a clean inspection. You know, obviously they do have to do their due diligence, uh, but it's much higher than if you enter in with a uh, attitude. How about before I even get behind the wheel? What is my maintenance team's responsibility? Yeah, well, of course, uh, you know, maintenance team responsibility is to take those uh, uh, driver uh, inspection uh, reports and make sure that those items are taken care of before the vehicle is operated again, ensuring that those uh, preventative maintenance uh, inspections are done and making sure that uh, those annual or periodic inspections are done at least uh, annually. So uh, really, uh, you know, big for the maintenance team to be working with the driver on the road because it's really a team effort. And speaking of the team, what about the captain of the team? What about my company? What is my company's responsibility in all this? Yeah, you know, I already mentioned uh, probably the top one. And so the top one is to know where you're at. You know, I speak to so many carriers that really don't know how to get after their SMS uh, data from uh, roadside inspections. But quite frankly, they don't know where they're bleeding. Uh, And if you don't know what's wrong, it's really hard to to fix it or to find out what the uh, solution is. But once you have that, then you're able to keep those Clean inspections uh, coming, which helps keep your, uh, you know, your CSA uh, scores uh, low. And then train the drivers. In this area, drivers need to know absolutely how to do their pre-trip inspections and their post-trip inspections and their in-route inspections, but also train a driver on what to expect, you know, during a roadside inspection and make sure that certainly that they're aware of special programs uh, like the uh, uh, road check uh, program, and then really uh, make sure that you're investing in your fleet to set them up uh, for success. How about non-CDL drivers? Should they be worried about getting pulled over if they're part of a fleet? How do they prepare? Yeah, so uh, you know, so often uh, there's folks that think, well, my non-CDL drivers, those uh, drivers that are operating those medium weight vehicles from 10,001 pounds to 26,000 pounds, well, we really don't have to worry about them. Well, the vehicle inspection regulations, the parts and accessories necessary for the safe operation uh, of commercial motor vehicle, the DVIR expectations, follow the same for those non-CDL drivers as they do for their uh, CDL uh, drivers. And so, you know, a lot of those non-CDL uh, vehicles have air brakes on them. And so certainly uh, those drivers should be trained 
on how to properly uh, you know, do that uh, key check with those uh, anti-lock uh, brakes. And then also, you know, keep in mind that uh, there's a whole list of requirements for what a CDL driver uh, you know, has to know. It's found in, uh, if I can get nerdy uh, for just a moment, in, the, in 383.111. Uh, but that's a really good checklist for your non-CDL drivers uh, as well. So in paragraph uh, A16, uh, it talks about uh, cargo securement. A17, you know, talks about those vehicle inspections, including the pre and the post and the in route roadside uh, inspections. And then in paragraph B of that section, they talk about uh, air brakes. Very, very cool. Well, thank you for getting us up to speed on what you need to know about CVSA. Go to JJ Keller for any more information on that. But now, we got a little bit of a, a product idea. I, I'm getting everyone's opinion on this one. Show them the bagel. Is this a good idea or a bad idea? HNAPE Shop said they've teamed up with Philadelphia to ship these bagels nationwide. It's a bagel stuffed with cream cheese. So I have a couple of problems with this uh, bagel. And to me, it falls into the uh, the bad category. Now, one was already uh, taken out, right? It can't go into the toaster. I, I might have some uh, alternatives for that. Certainly, a, a toaster oven or maybe uh, an air fryer might uh, work to be able to toast that uh, that bagel. You know, one thing I would not recommend is uh, to put the bagel in the uh, in the micro microwave. Yeah. That is just gonna uh, you know heat up that cream cheese like nothing flat and burn, and uh, yeah. scald your mouth when 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 you burn into it. Uh, but I would like this product better uh, if it had uh, you know cinnamon sugar uh, in mixed in with the cream cheese. I think. That might be a winner. Interesting. So you, you, it's got to be, you just transition it to more of a dessert item or, yeah, yeah I get it, it. I get it. I hear you. See, I, I love, see, JJ Keller always has the best analysis, even if it comes down to bagels stuffed with cream cheese. They're expensive too. It's $74. It's $74 to get a dozen of these shipped to your house. So the landed cost is over like six bucks a bagel. So you have to really want one of these. Rick, thank you. You, you do have to. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Have a great weekend. I appreciate it. Uh, you, you as well. Great talking to you. Did you know that AIT Worldwide Logistics plans to reach net zero emissions by 2035? That's five years before the date targeted by the Climate Pledge and 15 years in advance of the Paris Agreement's goal. But that's just one part of their overall commitment to corporate social responsibility. Whether it's protecting the planet, nurturing the communities where we live and work, or ensuring high-quality business continuity, AIT is taking action today to deliver a better tomorrow. Learn more at AITWorldwide.com. Now, here's something you don't see every day. And you may not want to ever see, it's a runaway truck ramp in action. Take a look at this. This is always your last resort as a driver. Roll this video right here. I asked uh, super trucker Justin Martin if he's ever had to throw his truck. And he said, uh, I only smoked up my brakes twice. First time, there was a gravel lot I pulled into and let them cool off. Second time, I was unable to slow down, but I wasn't going all that fast. And I was able to just coast going up a hill. So he hasn't had a ditch on a ramp, but what he told me is before you're going down these things, you got to pump your brakes, right? You got to stab the brakes. You got to make sure they're not glassy. They're not overheated. And if all else fails, you got to take one of these ramps. Um, Dave Newell says some people just don't know how to put it in sixth or seventh, maybe eighth gear, use the Jake, never touch the brake pedal. And he also says you can't reverse. Some people ask what happens when you go up that? Do you just roll back out, especially if your, your brakes are broken? You just roll back out in the road. He said you can't reverse out of being buried a foot deep in soft pack rock. Plus, the truck is torn apart underneath when it hits the rocks and starts sinking in. So if you take that ramp, your truck is most likely, most definitely going out of service. So hopefully you don't have to go on one of those. But if you do... Um, and that's also why you don't go skiing on those things. Anyway, speaking of safety, I got a PSA right now from Operation Lifesaver. It's a lot of pressure. 
But people depend on you. No matter what, people need what you bring them. And you come through every time. But sometimes a choice has to be made. You can make a safe one. Always expect a train. Know that trains can run on any track at any time in either direction. Understand that trains are faster and quieter than you think. The average train can take a mile or more to stop. You can stop track tragedies. Recognize the signs. Never try to beat a train. Cross legally and safely. The safe choice is always the right choice. You are more important than your packages. See tracks? Think train. For more information, go to oli.org. Joining me now is Rachel Malesh. She's the ex- executive director of an Operation Lifesaver and couldn't be coming at a better time. It just, there's been so many of like derailments and trucks hitting trains all over the news. And especially since Ohio, you're seeing even more. I'm not, I don't know if more are happening, but you see more and more of them shared, Rachel. So I'm really glad we're going to address this topic and get some people informed on track safety. Thanks so much for having me back on the show. I love being here. I always learn something new and I love being able to share the rail safety message with you and your audience. Now, for people who don't know, what is Operation Lifesaver? Operation Lifesaver is a national nonprofit. We have programs in 47 states, as well as the District of Columbia. And what our programs do, working through our uh, state coordinators, as well as our volunteers on the ground, is we get the rail safety message out to communities and to a variety of audiences, be it student drivers, professional drivers, um, in-service bus drivers, uh, Kids, little kids at at a story time, telling them about tracks and trains. You're never too young or too old to get that rail safety message because every three hours in the United States, a person or a vehicle is struck by a train. Well, you know, and just the other day, there was a uh, a big one, a, blight, a bright line train rammed into a car carrier in uh, Hollywood, Florida, saying the vehicle's flying. We actually have a tape. Can you guys, can you guys roll that? And whenever we show oh tapes like this, God. people go, the truck's just sitting there. Why doesn't it move? You know, why doesn't it get off the tracks? How does this happen so often? How do they not know the crossers? You know, how are they finding themselves in this situation? Fortunately, in this instance, the driver was not hurt, but you can obviously see what could happen there with a the car carrier. What is going on with trucks versus trains, Rachel? Well, it's never a, a good outcome. Um, the train is always going to win. Uh, the trucks or v- or cars, right? It could be a car as well. You never want to stop on the tracks, um, regardless of if it is uh, the lights. If you look at that video, the lights are going. You can hear the bells. I couldn't see if there was a gate there, but you never want to run the gate. I'm not sure if that vehicle was trying to run the gate or if they were just stuck on the track because on the other side, there may have been a stop sign or a a red light, but you want to make sure there's enough room that you're far enough away from the tracks and that you're back for your audience. You want to make sure that your back completely clears the tracks as well, because in this case, the front of the the train or the front of the vehicle was struck. But uh, we have seen videos where the back end of the vehicle is also struck because it's sticking out over the tracks. So you don't want to run the gates and you want to make sure you're far enough away from the tracks. Well, I'm looking at the data here, and it looks like the truck trailer accidents are down about 9%, but it's really, it's kind of within the range. We've had 356, yeah. 320, 377, 343, so looks good, but also still in that upper kind of 300 range that, you know, you you obviously want to work to reduce. Is it just perception that the rail is getting less safe because we're just seeing it reported on so frequently? You know, I 
I don't know. I mean, because in the incident that you showed, the train was doing what it's supposed to do, right? And the train, I think the public doesn't realize that trains don't have steering wheels. Uh, they can't swerve. Like when you're in a vehicle and you see an obstruction on the road, you might be able to swerve. Um, but you can't do that on a train. There's there's a train crew there. And if they go into emergency brake situation, it can take a train a mile or more to stop. And I want to say that again, it can take a train a mile or more to stop. So can't slam on the brakes and, you know, stop pretty quickly um, like you can in a vehicle or even on a, a bicycle. Um, you know, it's going to take that mile. You know, we when we had the when the Ohio derailment happened, all of a sudden the stack got started getting pushed around that there's like 1400 derailments a year just some and i obviously and realize obviously aren't all of them aren't like ohio what happened there but it was a crazy number what about rail safety in general now i know you don't have a ton of data on derailments but what is safety in general improving so rail safety is something that we take uh seriously and all our partners take really seriously we want to make sure that people understand that being around tracks and trains they have to be uh, cautious if they are professionals and they work or are working along the railroads that they have communicated with the railroads and have gotten permission. If they are just walking through their town to only cross at designated crossings, if they are driving, we want to make sure that they are mindful of the advanced warning systems, such as the lights and gates that we've seen in the video that you shared. So it's really important that we are mindful of what's going on um, around us as we drive, bike, and walk near tracks and trains. We have another PSA. Let's take a look. After I sounded the horn and set the brakes, I realized there's no way to avoid hitting them. My name is Maurice Taylor. I've been a locomotive engineer for Metro in Chicago for 16 years. When I see people on the track, it's, it's not a whole lot I can do. I can't stand, swerve, and get out of your way. The train's coming at you. It's nothing I can do. The message I was sent to a trespasser that thinks that the railroad tracks is a good shortcut, it's not. You know, it's, it, it's a totally different perspective being the driver, too, as you are, yeah. you know, have that mile stop and you're going to crash into something. But it got me uh, it got me curious. Do most incidents occur where there are lights or gates or or not? So unfortunately, more than 60 percent of incidents do occur at lights or gates. And I think we need to keep reminding people to be diligent, to pay attention. You're not going to win. Um, and you should not be driving around the gates or crossing through the intersection when the lights are flashing. Absolutely. And, and the blue sign, can you tell everybody about the importance of the blue sign? Oh, that is so important. Thank you so much for bringing that up. That blue and white sign is known as the emergency notification system sign or the ENS sign. It has a toll-free number on there as well as a locator ID number. If you are stalled on the track or you see anything that is on the track that doesn't belong on the track, then you call that toll-free number. It connects you to the railroad dispatch and you share your location number there. Um, you don't say I'm on Main Street because every town has got a Main Street. You use that number <laughs> yeah. that's there on the sign and they can get a message to the train to hopefully divert any um, potential incident that can occur. But it's important. It's not just if your vehicle is stuck on the track. If you're behind uh, a vehicle that is stuck or you see debris on the track, call that number. And when is Rail Safety Week this year? Rail safety this week, uh, thank you so much, is I'm going to scoot over and look at my calendar, September 18th through 24th. I want to make sure I got those dates right. So it's uh, 
starts on Monday the 18th and runs through Sunday the 24th of September. And we're really excited about it. As in every uh, previous years, it gets bigger and bigger each year. So we'd love to have you and your listeners join us. Every day is a different theme. So thank you so much for that support and plug. All right. Now, before I let you go, I, I'm asking everybody, is this a good idea or a bad idea? It is H&H Shop's new stuffed bagel in collaboration with Philadelphia cream cheese. So I got to say, I like H&H bagels, right? I'm familiar with them from New York. I hate this idea. I just yeah. hate it. So <laughs> I know a couple of your other guests were finding interesting things, nice things to say. I can say a nice thing about H&H bagels, but not that. Yeah, yeah. It would be good if you just took the cream cheese out. Keep it normal. I'm yeah. right there with you. Everyone go check out Operation Lifesaver. And this September, look out for Rail Safety Week. And before then, look out for that blue sign, especially if you're stuck on the rails. Rachel, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Take it easy. All right. Elsewhere, let's take a look at a day in the life of a flatbedder. Okay, I told y'all I was going to try the flatbed life. So here we go. This is a day in the life of a flatbed driver. This is me with the loner hat. It was pink. This is them putting the steel plates, which is the load that we were carrying on top of the trailer. That's me and my boo. This is the before um, they start loading up the truck. We standing outside waiting for them to load. That is how they put the um, the load on top of the trailer. They use a cane, okay? So y'all see a little inside of what flatbed life, you know, what flatbed life is like. That's the cane, they, the crane that they using to put the, um, the load on top. That's my boot taking the straps out and put them on the trailer so we can get ready. This is him showing me how to load, you know, strap everything down. So that's what we use in the chains. And we hook the chains up to the strap, hook the chains up to the trailer so we won't, you know, you got to secure your load. This is low securement class right here, baby. That is me using the measuring um pole to loop it through so we can strap the chains on the other side. So right here, right here, y'all, this is what we doing. This is good stuff. If you like this sort of trucker slice of life stuff, uh, follow Itty Bitty Trucker on TikTok. She's always posting stuff like this, day in life of a flatbed or what happens over at her receiving yard. It's really cool about how freight actually moves. I always am to just see it. I don't like just the theory of freight. I like the actual movement of freight. Speaking of big freight where you need strap work and you need you need a lot of monitors and a lot of handholding, we got Tyler Boyd, President and CEO at Bowline Logistics, and he takes care of some very, very heavy loads. Tyler, thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. It's awesome when LinkedIn connections come alive. I love, well, you know, that, that happens so often with guests and LinkedIn is such a great source because people there talk about their craft and what they do. And I saw this great post by you where you're talking about the challenge that really goes into moving heavy freight. And there's a lot more that goes into it that I think people think on the surface. But before we even jump into that, what does Bowline do? Where are you guys out of? Yeah, so we really, you know, our transport company, we don't have any specified routes uh, we we stop where the ocean starts. We'll we'll head to Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, Miami, uh, Newfoundland. It doesn't really matter. We do short runs as well. But you know we're we're located in uh, northern Alberta here, uh, just outside Edmonton, and uh, and we focus on the high value freight, uh, lots of LTL. You know when 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 the driver behind the wheel matters and the truck pulling it and the insurance covering it, that's uh, that's where we come in. So you out, you were talking about one shipment that was 2,180 miles. It took three to five trucks. Tell me about a type of that type of load. How much involvement does that take from a carrier like yourself to ensure that gets from, from point A to point B? 
So those specific loads were, uh, I mean, we were awarded those six months before they ever, or sorry, six weeks before they ever started moving. Um, and there's, so there's a lot of planning with, to make sure that we've got the right trailer, the right driver available. That's a huge thing. I mean, the temperament of a driver can make or break a load like that. Um, and also to make sure that their route is available. Um, you could have hauled a load like this, uh, like these, uh, these large loads to Texas uh, midsummer uh, or in the fall, but the route's totally different with construction or, or other changes in, in, uh, in infrastructure. So, so that's just something you have to monitor as you, and you don't know those things once you're, when you're quoting. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of thought and, uh, and potentially some, you know, some uh, gray area that you can't exactly cover until you, until you get your route mapped out. How are you making sure you're not hitting bridges? I see, and I think it's just the nature of the type of content I do, but I see too many trucks hitting bridges and it's always like, didn't they see this sign? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair, believe it or not, there's lots of bridges out there that aren't, that don't have signs. But, you know, the first thing is that we, you've got a route that you have to stick to that you get from the state. So the state approves your rate, your route, but, but they don't actually guarantee that route. So you'll on uh, with larger loads you'll need to do a route survey to verify it but even then you can do a route survey and and be aware of the hazards you still have to have a uh, pole car pilot cars or in our case in in the case of these loads we had bucket trucks so the pole car goes out front if and he's got a pole higher than the load and if he hits anything if he if he bumps anything like a line then the bucket the truck stops pulls over to the side then the bucket truck will then go raise the line and we'll go under so there's a lot of, i mean it's slow moving the last especially those last few states texas is horrendous for that actually oh wow wow so when we say like high value big load cargos we have some pictures here but can you tell me about like some of the epic loads you've moved or or some of the more challenging loads because you get to touch the cool stuff you're not just pulling 53s yeah, well, and just a reminder, we certainly do pull a lot of 53s. I mean, we do, but we keep that interesting as well with lots of LTL and and uh, various schedules to meet. But, um, yeah, we do a lot of heavy equipment like what you see there. Uh, you know, just some, some uh, like there was a refinery, these uh, two loads that went to Houston uh, on that post. Those were, were refinery loads that went down to uh, uh, from uh, – a uh, disassembly of a refinery here that went down to one in Texas. And uh, so, I mean, pretty much, you know, we don't stick to a certain industry that there is a, that's a, uh, a modular home builder. So we're loading out of a trade show at that area, sorry, into a trade show at that picture. Um, so we do various pretty wide range. So there's a wheel loader that, that, that was a tough move that went from uh, New York all the way to Kitimat and New York is not, a friendly state at that size. So Kitimat, BC, so nearly water from wa water to water. The, the, the refinery so, loads, are those dangerous? I remember I covered like fracking truckers a couple of years ago and I was, I was shocked to see like the number of fatal accidents that happened to like fracking drivers heading out on those roads. So, did refinery roads get bad like that too? Yeah, so, so these ones came out, they were coming out of the, out of the bush in Northern Alberta. Um, but no, I wouldn't say, I mean, if it's dangerous, obviously we we you know we we try our best to mitigate that, uh, and and it might even be that you need a different type of truck. We've we've hauled out of some places that are so difficult 
you can't send in the same truck that you would send to Texas. So we, we get a more of an off-road truck to go in and pull our load out. And, uh, and sometimes, again, it takes a different driver. It's going to be a different driver with different, different skill sets to pull out of the bush in northern Alberta than to take it through the interstates of the U.S., I can imagine. Well, you said these things are slow moving, so it's probably important to make sure your drivers are comfortable. And I saw a picture of your street, these sleepers. Are, are these sleepers that I'm looking at? Is this like a, a shed that pops out? It looks massive. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that would be so nice if that was a sleeper. But that is <laughs> yeah. actually just our, our driver's lounge here. And it's and it's pretty small. It's pretty small. Like the drivers are not are not here much. But we just wanted a place where they could just get out of the truck and cook a meal, hang out, play some cards and uh, and so we just want to we do our best to to look after our drivers, their mental health and and give them an opportunity to get together and, and socialize and uh, and uh, shower up, do some laundry. We look after our drivers here. Very well. Are, are you looking for for more drivers? How's the uh, how's that heavy haul in the Canadian business doing right now? Uh, not like not really. I mean, every every company is looking for drivers, but. We, uh, our focus is on, on retention and I know a lot of every company says that, but it's often said without purpose or with, with, uh, using the same methods that they've used for 40 years. Um, so our focus is on retention and, uh, and as such, we, we do have a pretty good waiting list of drivers. So, so we're actually, we're, we're always looking, but it's for, if you want to come on, if you've just quit your job today and you're looking to come on. Like we are probably two months out at this point. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. And I like that. I like that you said the keys on retention. It makes so much sense in, I mean, it makes sense in general, but it makes so much sense in your space where you need to have trusted drivers. You, you know, your clients pay the money they do to make sure stuff gets there on time. This is the stuff where there's no margin for error and things can't get destroyed or delayed. People need it when they need it. That's exactly it. Uh, you know, we often, we often say when the, uh, with us, like, in a lot of the freight we haul, um, the the cost of the shipment is less concerning than the cost of it not being there on time or not getting there um, in in the shape that it that we loaded it. So so these are the things that again the driver, you know, I mean these are all we're we're, we're driving trucks that anyone can go buy. I mean they are pretty fancy, but you can buy those anywhere. You can buy those trailers anywhere if you're patient enough to wait. Um, so the differentiating factor is the people. And so, so we never use the term just a driver around here. I mean, that's our, they are our bread and butter. They are our number one sales force. So, so we, uh, we look after their mental state as best we can. We make mistakes too, but, but, uh, but that's our focus for sure. Well, Tyler, I'm surveying the logistics industry is this a mistake? Is this a good idea or a bad idea? It's H&H Bagel Shop's new stuffed bagel. Any chance you're buying? Uh, zero chance, man. I mean, I'm, you lost me at processed food. I'm, uh, yeah, I, li- I like to know where my food comes. I mean, our, I've got a, we've got a farm in here in Alberta, and our focus is to not hit a grocery store uh, two years from now. So, so uh, I'll be out there, CEO of a good sized trucking company, and I'll be milking goats and cows. Uh, well, I like to hear it. Hey, people who want to find Bowline Logistics, where do I send them to? Well, Believe it or not, I mean, you can send them to our website, but really LinkedIn. That's that's my jam right there. Uh, so follow me on LinkedIn, uh, but uh, bowlinelogistics.com. Send me an email, message on on, uh, on LinkedIn. I'll get back to you right away.
Hey, take care and have a great weekend. Appreciate your time today. Hey, thank you for your time, man. Appreciate it. All right. Now we have kind of a tough story. Uh, we're going to we're going to hook up with my buddy Super Hustle here. Justin, I touched on this. If you heard us on Wednesday, we talked about this carrier shutdown. But Super Hustle's here now and we can get the story directly from him. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Hey, boss. What's up? Hey, man, you look uh, you look a lot like your. I, I, I love that. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks. Well, um, you know, well, I mean. There we go. Things, there. things got rough fast. Um, okay. All right. Good stuff. Um, yeah. Things got rough quickly. Um, we're, we made it back to Jacksonville. Um, now the only issue is, you know, being that we're out so much money, having to survive while he gets another job. And then, you know, lack of transportation dictates that I have to look around for something else in the meantime while we're waiting. So, um, you know, things are rough, but I, I've never experienced a shutdown like this. Uh, he's got a lot of experience. We both got a lot of experience. We've never been in a situation like this. Well, so, tell me the story. you know, I mean, I, I know about. Let, let's start at the story. Yeah, like, when ahead. did you, what did you, what happened here? So the, the, you find out the trucking over Easter weekend, you find out this trucking company shut down. Did you have any indication that they were in trouble? When, like, how did you learn about this, this awful situation? Okay. So, a couple weeks ago, he, the owner, Daniel Krisnak, he, if that's how you pronounce it, I still don't know. But um, he, he told, told me he was having some financial issues. And um, he, see, he did say at the time that he's going to keep three or four of his drivers and not to worry and that everything's fine. Then the following week, he informed me that the truck that we're in is sucking an insane amount of fuel. Which I, I understand because fuel is the only thing that you can control in a market like this, especially when spot rates have smaller carriers losing at an insane rate. So he said he was going to get us a Volvo, an older Volvo, but a Volvo nonetheless. And uh, he said, bring this truck back. Uh, the truck will be ready when you get here, which ended up being not the case. And uh, we'd be paid when we got here and all the, all the good stuff, pretty much luring us back to Chicago with his equipment. So he can get his equipment back, which was eventually going to go to the bank. But that's not what was communicated to us. So once we get there, we drop the truck off on Friday. This is the Friday before Easter. Yeah. We drop the truck off, empty our stuff, hang it to a hotel. He says he's going to come meet me at the motel with the money that he owes us for the first week. And we were supposed to continue being employed. So the next week was supposed to come today. But... He says you have to wait until Monday for, for whatever you're, you're going to get later on that day, which he lied about coming to meet us with the money. And um, we, we wait through the weekend because he stops texting us on Friday, which you've probably seen all the text messages. They were in all the articles. And um, he was pretty much an asshole about it. Yeah. Excuse my French. But um, the weekend goes by. We have to struggle to get through the weekend. And once Monday comes – we're expecting, hey, he's never done us like this before. So Monday comes, I ask him for what we're owed and what's going on, and I get one singular text messages or one singular text message that the company is bankrupt and closed, and the trucks are going back to the bank, and our phone numbers were blocked subsequently afterwards. Wow. So, um, yeah, it, it it wasn't very personal. 
we, it, this was a smaller company and we have been friends with him for a long time. So this is completely out of the blue and I don't understand it. No, it, I mean, I understand your frustration. Like, A, I mean, it sucks to lose a job, but you also got the runaround here. This cost you time and money. They're sending your, your, your dad and you around as a bunch of patsies to return this truck in better position with no intent. How much do they owe you? What, was, what are they supposed to be paying you? Uh, it's, it's, it's just short of $3,000 for the two weeks. Plus, it's not just wages. On the, as we have to bring the truck back, we picked up a load out of Miami, Florida, and that was supposed to deliver in present Wisconsin. Now, once we pick up the load out of Miami, Florida, uh, the trailer has a tire that's starting to go down. There's metal showing. So we have to stop and get that changed. Um, the electrical line coming out of this 2016 Kenworth T680, it's, uh, it, it was an old Warner fleet spec, so it, it wasn't taken care of very well. Once we got into it, we had to start doing stuff to it to get it, you know, running, maintaining it properly because he was not good about maintaining it at all. So I ended up spending money out of our own pockets to put an electrical line, get a tire changed, get a mud flap put on. That amounted to almost $700. So on top of not getting the, the 2200 in, in, in wages, it's 700 in repairs and stuff on a truck that was not mine. That's normally what owner-operators do. Oh, so um, that, that, that made everything a lot worse. If I didn't have to do that and I got reimbursed for that, I might not be in such a bad situation right now. But, um, yeah, he pretty much hook, line, and sinker completely ruined our future prospects. <laughs> so now we're having to scramble, which, which makes things worse. Well, most immediately, like when you first found out about this, I know an organization was suggested to you called Tier. Did, were they able to help you out? How did that work? They, did they work? They they are a truckers outreach organization, and um, they were referred to us by a reporter named Alex Jockey. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. Sorry, Alex, if I'm not, I appreciate you very much. Um, I, I, I was referred to them, and they were able to call and all straightened out they gave us 750 dollars for a rental car and gas and food to get home and uh without them this situation would be much worse i would be either at a homeless shelter in somewhere near chicago we were in elgin illinois at the point so um homeless services outside of the chicago metro area are sparse so we, we would have had to have found some way to get into some type of shelter and then we would be relying completely on our family to get us home which is probably a you know probably swing and a miss because having you know family and friends who are working regular jobs have to come up with that much money to just to help us and you know we're still having to look for jobs and things like that it's a lot on on your family so they were they were complete angels they were angels in truck drivers clothing they're all truck drivers that are in in seats presently they they do everything from the seat of their trucks and they're 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 the best of us, and, and it, they need donations because they've they spent a lot more money this year than they did last year because of the rash of drivers being abandoned and the state of the industry right now. And um, yeah, if it if it wasn't for them, we would be really really in a bad situation. So thank you to Desiree and uh, Idella and everybody with Tear. They are amazing, and I appreciate them very much because they're they're the ones who got us into got us home. Yeah, it's a truckers emergency assistant responders for those of you who might find yourself in a similar situation. Well, now what? Because I saw you tweet, you just put this sad tweet out about an hour ago and you're like, we are done with this business. We got screwed so bad. Is that true? Is that how you're feeling? Or are you are you putting the keys down or are you and dad looking to jump in a truck again? 
I'm probably going to end up doing that because, uh, well, you know, not having a backup plan, <laughs> being that he's been in this business a long time, and I, I went to school originally for uh, in, internal tech. I was going to my computer career for a little bit, and um, when when things went bad, I had to put that down, you know, to maybe focus to try and make some extra money, and um, that ended up not being the best wise, prudent decision. So, so I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to do something to make some money in the immediate future. So I'm going to have to, but, um, that is a wily veteran. He's been at this 17 years. So he's, he's, he's clinging to life in the, in the business. He has a multitude of applications out so many. I don't know if I can count them all right now. Well, well uh, it, it's somewhere between, between Tuesday and, and today, it's probably somewhere in the 20 applications. Yeah. We've been really firing them off really fast. And, um, you know, the calls aren't coming back very fast. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm here at this hotel for the night, and these hotels in this area are expensive. So, I mean, I'm not trying to tell a sob story or nothing, but, you know, this, this, it's <laughs> really in a bad situation. But, um, I mean, you know, let's say there's, yeah. there's carriers listening right now, and they go, look, we love these guys. We want to help them out. We like this story here. How would they get in touch with you to help you out and, and, get, you, and get you back moving? Uh, uh, we do, we both have active cell phones. You can call us both at any time. Um, my, my Twitter handle is at run TDC. It's on the screen right now. Yep. Um, you can contact me on Twitter anytime. Phone's always around me, always looking around for job offers. I'm waiting for a guy at a temp agency to call me now, see if I can get started working sometime this weekend. I mean, it's a weekend, so I'm not really holding my breath, but you know, um, just, just trying to make something until, you know, so we can support ourselves until something comes in or I can get something permanent. We're at the crossroads to the point where if I get something permanent that pays decent enough in the area, I will we'll, we'll put it down and just, you know, until until the market corrects itself. Because I, I have friends who are owner operators that, that are losing on every single load they take out of the spot market. And and contract rates are not, not doing much better. They tend to hover above spot rates for, for a little bit. But as the spot rates continue to decline, as, yeah. as Craig talks about all the time, yeah, um, you know, spot rates decline. Yeah, it's not it's bad. It's very, very bad right now. So, well, I'm really we're we're at a crossroads. If if, if we can't get something permanent, I'm going to try and get him something permanent where I go with the temp agency here in town. And yeah, we'll have to put down the keys for for whatever time it takes for maybe the market to correct itself. Because I mean, you know, if 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 carriers are losing money at this rate, hiring is going to eventually stop. So yeah. we got put we got put into this situation at a very bad time, and uh, really we're just praying right now. But yeah, if there are carriers out there looking for drivers, um, yeah, he, well, there is one solo driver here looking right now. So yeah, just just call, text me, message me on uh, on uh, Twitter. Uh, if you want to put our phone numbers in the in the uh, post about today's show, you can do that. I just didn't want to give it out on, on sure. live. I'll put a link. I'll put a link to your Twitter yeah. in the show notes. So those of you just look in the show notes, there'll be a direct link to him. Now, before I let you go, a little bit lighthearted. I've been asking everybody, what do you think of the stuffed cream cheese bagel? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've been waiting for this question, and I have an elaborate answer. Now, uh, uh, we are from the New York, New Jersey metro area. We know about the bagel company. The bagel company makes very good bagels. Now, what they're trying to do is economize, so you have to do less work, but... Um, you know, sometimes I kind of like to do some things myself, so I'm going to have to go on this, this idea. Like it depends on how much cream cheese you put in the bagel and it, there's a ratio that has to happen. So yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go on this side. (laughs) Yeah. I 
everyone's been with you. I think when you think about it, too, you realize the logistics of putting in a toaster doesn't work. The inside's not going to toast, so it's going to be a different kind of experience. Exactly. You're going to burn your mouth with the <laughs> lava fluid inside. Well, hey, sorry the situation happened. Thank you so much, though, for giving some insight on what happened and tier. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. If you like the show, it's Monday, Wednesdays, Friday, on demand, whenever you want it. Just look up What the Truck on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Find me on Twitter, at Timothy Dooner. Take care. Have a great weekend, and don't be a stranger.